Welcome to another episode of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastors Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this brand new episode. Sua, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You ready for this question? I'm never, ever ready for your questions. I just never know what kind of thing you're going to ask me. Well, there's um, nothing... <laughs> There's nothing salacious about this one. This one's actually really good. I just thought, you know what? I got to change it up because I think some of my questions are really, they're a little, they're a little crazy. They're a little <laughs> off. Uh, so I just thought, you know what? They're a little let's, sus. Let's, yeah, they're very sus. So let's, let's keep this a little bit more spiritual. Oh, and I oh, actually geez. would like to know this. So, so Sua, if God could answer one prayer request of yours right now, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. not like your whole life, like right now at this present time, what would that prayer request be? All right, if God could answer one prayer request. Yeah, I know you're trying to fill. It's because I'm like drawing a. I'm thinking there's so what many. Would that be? There's just and, so and, many. And and I think you mm. have to go first on this one because if I go first, then it might change and alter your Why? answer. Why? Because you're maybe. just so holy that I'm trying. Mine to is so holy. I, I'm not gonna lie. You just can't just, help I mean, how holy you are. It's dropped the mic holy. So, uh, you know, I don't want to share it first because then you might be like, okay, well, let me share something in that vein. I want. I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> this is this really hard because you know like i i have one but i i don't think i i have permission to share it publicly do you know what i'm saying oh really it's like oh it's, man it's gonna be like super spiritual no no no. it's not that it's super spiritual it's just that it involves somebody else's life so i can't oh. quite like say it unless that person would give me permission to share well, it. Well, why don't you just share it without saying their name? No? Is that no, okay? It would be pretty obvious. Oh, Because, okay. I mean, how many people are in my life close enough where they would, their, they, the culmination or the coming to fruition of their dream would be my <laughs> personal desire Oh, Lord? I mean, You're come so, on. This is, so this is why everyone wants to be a friend. This is why you have, like, so too many friends because, uh, like, I asked you what would be the prayer request and you're thinking about it for friend well, no, which no, is no. crazy it's, no 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 it because it it completely involves my life see now i'm getting very see this is what i'm saying like it's really hard to answer because it's getting really murky and nobody you has any idea so what i'm good. talking about um you but so you know good. what i will say this i think okay. that probably it would involve um if if it were to be like a general one it would probably involve the well-being of like a guaranteed well-being of my children and i think this is mm. one of those things about parenting that is so hard i was telling somebody yeah. recently i was like you know what like i know everyone says marriage is super hard but marriage to me was not that hard the one that was really hard was becoming a parent i think that was mm. probably hands down the most difficult transition i've ever made in my life yeah because all you want after you had your children or child all you want is to guarantee that your children are going to be happy and safe. That's literally yep. all that becomes yep, yep, like your yep, yep. most visceral desire on which everything else you do in your life basically relies on or like, you know, yep. um, kind of depends on, right? Cause you, at the end of the day, you just want your children to be safe and happy. That's all you want. But it's like the one thing that you cannot, nobody can guarantee you, not even God, Yeah. you know? Yep. Um, I mean, yes, in the eternal sense. Right. But even so, like, God can't say, I will make sure your kids are healthy and happy and safe for the rest of their lives. He can't do that. And so right. um, if I could ask something and I could may know God was going to listen, I would say, God, I just need my children to be happy, healthy, and safe for the duration of their time in this earth. But it's not something that God can give me, you know? That's a, that's a, great, uh, that's a great prayer request. And mine falls kind of in the line of that. 
and you know, I think your because your kids are, are little. Uh, share the ages of your children. They're seven and nine. Wow, seven and nine. Wow, yeah, that's really young. So, Mike, I have I have three kids. I have a twenty year old, uh, soon to be twenty one in a couple of months, and I have uh, a, an eighteen year old, soon to be eighteen year old, in a couple of days. Actually, I don't know. Depending on when this thing airs, uh, my, actually, she might be 18 by now. <laughs> and I have a 16-year-old. So I have, an, I have, I, I'm, I'm, I have two adult children, and I have, you know, one that's wow. a teenager. I can't so, believe Christina's turning 21 soon. 21. She's gonna be legal. Oh she's gonna be legal. Yeah. So, uh, so he, here would be my. If I can make one, if I can ask one thing from God, and I actually pray this for them, like not every day, but very, very regularly. I would pray that God would give them um, a real good spouse. Oh. And my prayer is that, you know, this is my prayer. Like, I don't care about job. Because who cares? Like, at the end of the day, who cares about money? Um, at the end, it's not that important, really. In hindsight, it's not that important. Mm -hmm. So I pray specifically that this person would be emotionally healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, so that they don't have to go through all the crap of dealing with somebody who is emotionally sure. like bankrupt and messed up and insecure and stuff like that. So I always, you know, I pray specifically like, you know, that they would meet somebody who is emotionally healthy, that really loves God and would be able to like love themselves enough where they can look at themselves and even look at like the bad areas or the, you know, like areas they need to work on and stuff like that. And that's it. That's, I, I, that's all I pray for. I pray that they would be able to meet somebody, uh, a good husband, a future husband, a good wife that would just truly, truly love them. And that's uh, emotionally healthy. That's my greatest prayer request. I mean, if that's I, amazing. I, um, and you know what, when I had Lila, um, shout out to, um, one of the best people ever, Miss Wani, Mrs. Wani Bang. You know, Steve's mm. mom, Wani. I call her Wani, number, she's one, amazing. number one. She she's the matriarch me, of our church. Well, she came up to me at church and said, she's a Sua. Have you started praying for mm -hmm. your daughter's future spouse? My daughter was like one, you know? And she's like, have you started? You better start. You're late. You better yeah, start. You know, and, you know? And, well, now that my daughter is 20, my oldest, and she's getting to get older and you know, she's going to be dating and all that kind of stuff and meeting guys and stuff. So I just, I just want, I would just love for her to meet just a great guy. Um, and you know, it might take a few tries. It might, it might. She might have to date a few guys. And you're okay and with that? I am totally okay with it. And so, you know, I'm okay with my kids dating and dating, you know, different folks. And I mean, you know, like for me, I mean, it worked out with me and Jenny. Uh, but you know, it's not like that all the time. So I think you know, you don't really know who you want uh, until you actually date a few people and just kind of realize what you what you really need in a person, what you would like to have in a in a husband. So this question was extremely stealthy of you. You planned this ahead, didn't you? And that's why you've um, asked this question because it segues perfectly into the topic of the day. Mm. You are oh. you are so no 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 no, you're no, no. So on. Sua, wow, I wish. I am impressed. Sua. No, 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 no. I'm so Listen, impressed. We, we, this is a week, Pat. We're trying to keep it real, and I'm going to keep it real. <laughs> I had no idea. So this is wow. like, like if, like I had no idea. Like this was segue really well into the episode that we want to talk about, but it does, and that to me is just like just chance by chance it like i'm just spirit. grateful it, the spirit yeah, was leading yeah. the spirit was leading i'm so impressed right now well listen uh thank you for that i really do but i don't really deserve credit for that but i'll take it i'll take it absolutely but uh what we were gonna have to talk about something real important today and i think sue was gonna set it up because this was really her idea and i just thought this was really great so sue you take it away you kind of lead the questioning and all that stuff from this point on of, of what we're going to talk about today. So go for it. All right. So I'm happy to because this topic has been um, on my mind because I've been watching this extremely well-made um, <laughs> Oscar Academy Award 
should win, should nominate, oh, nominated um, quality for an Emmy. on Netflix called um, The Ultimatum. <laughs> <laughs> and share, because I've never heard of this. So share what The Ultimatum is about. Um, I mean, you know what? It follows in the tales of um, other quality TV produced by Netflix called Love is Blind, Singles Inferno, like all of these reality TV shows <laughs> that have been um, created. And you know what? There's a common denominator here because the, all of these shows that have done really well, mostly, yeah. because people are very interested in watching it, the, it tries to answer the question of like, how do you know who you're supposed to be with, right? Okay. How do you know that the person that you're dating or this person that you're seeing, how do you know that they're, they're right for them? They're the one, mm, quote unquote. Mm, um, mm. I think that's kind of the question that ties all of these um, quality programs together so i've been thinking about this because i was watching the ultimatum which for those of you guys who are completely missing out and have clearly poor taste in television <laughs> um it's about these couples they brought these couples on this show and basically the thing that every couple has in common is that one person out of the couple has issued an ultimatum to the other one basically saying i want to marry you and if you don't if you don't know then i'm out and so mm. the way um, the way it's set up is that you get to date other partners in that group out of the five or whatever couples that are together to do a trial marriage or trial engagement with another person. So you're getting a free pass to basically see um, because they're hoping that by doing it with somebody else, it would solidify the questions you have about the person, whether the person you're with currently is the right person or not. Wow. And you can, they're think their premises, I guess, they're testing this hypothesis of if you get to do it with somebody else, will you have a better chance of understanding whether you're with It's right so carnal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so carnal. It's, yeah, it's I so mean, carnal. It's good TV. It's good television. <laughs> it is obviously. really good TV. Um, but right, I, think, I might actually start watching it now because that's no, pretty I mean, good. Okay, you did fine. a good I'm promo. I'm going to be very it. honest. I'm not saying it's like amazing. Okay. It's like good <laughs> exactly. mindless TV. It's yes, the kind yes. of TV that you have in the background when you're, you know, like washing yeah. dishes or something. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, not like the kind of show that you're watching with all of your focus on the television. Um, but I just think it's very interesting because I think a lot of times when I, you know, I got engaged very early, you know, I got engaged yes. when I was 23 and most of my friends at that point were not definitely not engaged or married, yeah. probably not even in serious relationships. And so I was definitely the first out of my friends group to get engaged and get married. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of times I got this question from people like, but how did you know? Like, how did mm. you know he was the one? Because like I said, I, I was young. I was 23. Yeah. I hadn't yeah. dated that many guys. Um, and you know what? Now I'm 38. And it's still a question that I get from people around me saying, well, how do you know yeah. if this is the right one? And we live in a culture that is so commitment phobic you know exactly. have you ever heard of this idea of the paradox of choice where the more choices you have the less satisfied you are with the choice you make which is That's very counterintuitive because you yep. would think that the more choices you have yep. the more happy you should be because you can have a better you can make the best choice for yourself but unfortunately the way humans are wired it doesn't work that way because yeah. the more options you have the more you think about maybe it would have been better with something else or maybe it would yep. be better i would have been happier with somebody else and yep. that's the way we're wired and i think that's why it's so hard for us in a society like this when you can swipe, when you can you know, go on the internet and see millions of matches for you. It's really hard to commit to just one person um, and think that you're gonna spend the rest of your life with this yeah. person. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you. Yes. Um, because you, how long have you been together? Well, in marriage, how long have you been married with Jenny? 23 years. We've been married and for 23 years. How long have you been years. together as a couple? 
Uh, so uh, together, 30 years. We've been together okay, for see, 30 that's years. That's wild, right? That is yeah, absolutely so, wild. Right. So, I, so I've been together with Jenny for 30 years. So I've only been without her for 18 years of my life. That's pretty crazy, isn't <laughs> that it? That is completely That's bonkers. so crazy. Exactly. It's bonkers. So only 18 years of my life I've been without her. So yeah. So what's the question you have for so me? So the question I have for you is... How did I know? And you know what? Yeah. The question, I mean, the question is how do you know? And especially because you were with her for many years before you actually decided to get married. How many years yeah. were you dating before you got married? Seven. Okay, so at what point in the seven years of dating did you decide, you know what, I think I'm ready to take that next step. I think she's the one. I didn't know. I didn't know. That's why it took me seven years to propose and get married to her because I, I was so scared. So I was so scared I was going to make a mistake because I thought she was the wrong one. Like, honestly, like I thought, what happens if I marry and I realize, oh, shoot, this is the wrong person. So guide us through like that whole entire Yeah, let me, let me guide you through the whole yeah. psyche. So here's the one thing. I think the myth is simply this. If you think the person you're dating that you're going to marry, if you are 100% sure that they're going to be your perfect spouse, I don't know, if, I don't know, Suba, maybe you would disagree with me on this. I think you got to be really concerned. Mm. Because the, the, the reality is you never know until you actually say I do. And you try to work on it. Yeah. If you think you know, you have this utopian view of marriage that you think it's going to be with this person. What I've learned over the you know, 30 years of being with Jenny, it's so much work. It is so easy to get married, but it's so difficult to make it work. Mm -hmm. And so I think to like, like just, you know, every marriage could like everyone goes into like, is this person the one? Every marriage can be like you've married the one if you're willing to work really hard. If you're not, wow, that's, the one. you know what? Say that again. That's actually really good. Yeah, if like if you like everyone is saying, is this person the one? Every yeah. marriage could be the one. The one you marry could be the one. But if you're not willing to work at it, it's never going to be the one. So it's an and internal thing. thing, not an external. It's an internal thing. thing. Yeah, but you know, you watch these shows like Inferno or whatever that show is, Ultimatum. <laughs> don't pretend and you don't watch is, them. <laughs> and everyone is thinking like, you know, like we have to like make sure like this person is the one before I ask the question. Come on, that's crazy. That's what what that doesn't really happen in life. Like you're afraid to like make the wrong choice. And so because of that, you won't ask this person to marry you or not. That's a very human way of thinking. But I'm telling you right now, every marriage can work if you're willing to really work at it, you so, and the other person. That's obviously great advice. I ascribe to it 100%. I, I co-sign. Um, but here's my question for you, because it yeah. took you seven years. Clearly, yes. there were some things that you were questioning in that relationship. Clearly, yes. this is something you can say after, you know, 23 years of marriage, right? This is not the kind of thing you were thinking back in those days when you were dating, right? And you can't yep. marry Joe Schmo off the street or right. you know Jane Doe, like some ra yep. any random person that you're like, yep. as long as I put work in it, it will work. Yep. So then what were the things that you were like, you know what, Th I can make this work. I'm gonna, this is w something worthy of my, my, my commitment and my work. No, it's, it's um, so I really wish Sua, that's I think like a mature person saying that. Mm -hmm. I Man, when I was in my 20s, I mean, I was just, I was an absolute wreck. I really was. I was a wreck of a human being. How in old every were you way. when you got married? 25. Tw I married you were 25 when, when you got married? Yeah, I was 25 when oh I got my married. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so I was super young. So it, it, I just wish I could say, you know what, I'm going to make this work, so on and so forth. I mean, I just, I, I never had any of that stuff, uh, like, sort of put together. The reason why it took me so long to propose to Jenny, she was my first girlfriend mm -hmm. and, you know, first love. All that stuff. The reason why it took me so long to propose and to get married to her is because I didn't think she was pastor's wife material. Wow. God was calling me to be a pastor, and I was just like, ah, I don't think she's pastor's wife material. She's a, at the time she's incredibly introverted. 
I know she's not going to be able to like, you know, serve in a ministry, lead a Bible study. It's just, she's not like that. She's incredibly shy. Um, you know, she's not very outgoing with herself spiritually and things like that. And I just felt like I had a picture of what a pastor's wife should do and be. Jenny was the complete opposite of that. And that was one of my greatest struggles. I don't think she's pastor's wife material. Like that was my greatest but struggle. Isn't it, but weren't you not even thinking about being a pastor at that point anyway? Like weren't you only... Didn't you no, decide no. to become a pastor after you got married? No, 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 no. God called me to be a pastor in ninety seven. Right, but nineteen ninety seven. But you went to work for NBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't. I didn't get married to her until I was in nineteen ninety nine. So we got married in ninety nine. So I remember, like, we got. I graduated, so I wasn't thinking about ministry at all when we were in college and dating in college. That was not it. So we were fine, kind of doing our thing. And I thought, well, well, you know, we're still a little young. Graduated college. Um, she brought it up at times. Hey, we should think about getting married. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll put it off a little bit. And then I think in '97, when God called me to be recalled me to be a pastor, my struggle was like, I don't think she's pastor's wife material. I just don't think she's that kind of person. And I struggle with that so much. Wait, I'm so confused. I'm so, yeah. okay. Sorry, I think I'm getting this timeline all wonky because yeah. remember when we did the marriage episode and we said you got married and then within six months you basically bait and switched and you were like. So that was with way, my father-in-law. My father-in-law had oh, so no Jenny idea. Jenny already knew. Oh, Jenny knew everything. Oh, and, I thought she and, did and Sua, it. Oh. Sua, you need to know in 97, oh. after God called me to be into ministry again, you need to know I actually broke up with her. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. So I, I thought she also didn't know. No, no, no. She oh, knew all okay, along. That makes a lot more and sense And I now. always told her, I was like, honey, I, I, I was like, Jenny, I, I'm struggling to even like think about marrying you because I don't know if like you want to be a pastor's wife. Like, I don't, you know, I know that's not something you ever want to really uh, be. We're going to do an episode on church trauma and Jenny's <laughs> trauma is going to be all you. <laughs> like, literally, Peter broke up so, with me because his past, uh, college pastor told exact, him no. So, Peter broke up with me because he thought I didn't how, get the mold of a this, pastor's wife. This is wife. how horrible. This is how horrible I was. I I said, okay, let me pick you up. I got to talk to you about something. She's like, okay. I picked her up. You know, we went to like a park in the parking lot. And I said, hey, I think I need to break up with you. And she's like, why? And I said, well, God called me to be a pastor. I was at this, I was at this revival meeting called Desire 97. <laughs> and uh, God called me to be a pastor. And I know you don't want to be a pastor's wife. So we should probably break up. And? and you know what? Yeah. And you know what she said? What? Okay. That was it. She's like, okay. she, do you think she was kind of like, oh, this guy, like he, he, he's, I'm just going to let him do his thing because he's going to realize he made a big mistake or exactly. she was like. Exactly. She knew I was going to call and so within confident. less than a week. She's so She confident. knew I was going to call. She goes, okay, let's break up. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't think you, would, I thought you would fight me a little bit. Like, let's not break so up. What, hold on. Can I, okay. Can I interject? So was your expectation that she was going to be like, how can I change more to fit yeah. your expectations? Yeah. Something oh like that. Gosh. You know what? Right? Go Jenny. You yeah. rock Jenny. I mean, that's why, that's why she's savage. So, you know, but like, you know, she cried. I cried. I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, I don't know if it's going to work out. She goes, all right. And so I dropped her off. And then like four days <laughs> like, later, what I just happened? Call. Yeah. Four days later, she knew. She's like, I knew you were going to call. And then I'm like, I'm so sorry. Let's figure this out. And then I said to her, I was oh like, I God. will not go into ministry unless you give me your blessing. So that was like the big thing. Okay. That's and even like, yeah. and so then finally her father, like years later, brings me to the house, like two years after that moment, like brings me into the house and he's like, what are you going to do with my daughter? Like you guys have been dating for a while now. Yeah. Are you going to marry her or not? 
And he really was the reason why I kind of went forward. And I was like, no, no, I want to marry her. And he's like, well, then you have my blessings. Hurry up and get married. And we got married in six months. And so, um, but for me, like after that moment when he kind of like gave me that ultimatum, like the show that you're watching, it wasn't her, it was him. And uh, I went to my pastor and I said to him, I said, listen, I need you to pray for me and I need you to pray and I need you to ask God if Jenny is the right person for me. Yes or no? Because I was still struggling. I honestly was really, I was so nervous I was making the wrong decision. And that's the thing, like what I realized looking at it now, you're never going to be certain. And if you're waiting to propose to your spouse or to your future spouse because you want to be 100% sure, that's that's never going to happen. And so my my pastor prayed for me and he came back and he said, no, marry her. And I, I really sense God. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to marry her and I'm going to go forward. But I was freaking out. I was nervous all the way up until the day of the marriage. <laughs> so, okay. So rewind to the time when at the park you told her um, that you didn't think she fit the type of a pastor's wife and yeah. therefore you have to break up with her. And then four days <laughs> later, you were like, came crawling back to yes. Jenny and Jenny is like, yeah, you, okay, honey. fine, yeah. whatever. What happened? So was it that you were basically like, you know what? I don't care about the pastor's wife. I just need to be with Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was really it. I was like, okay. you know what? Like, I think at that point I had a little bit of understanding realizing, you know, she's got to be more than just the pastor's wife to me. Right. Right. That she has to be my wife. Right. And I love her. I love being with her, you know, and stuff like that. And so, you know, we've had such a long history together too. And I just said, no, no, I, I need to be with her. And so that, wow. that was it. That okay. was it. And, you know, she attended the same church I attended. We were part every Sunday. We'd come together. We'd do things together with the church. So, yeah, but I knew she didn't have the, the kind, like I grew up, like the pastor's wife did everything. Pastor's wife, like yes. play the piano in the choir. Yeah, uh, pastor's wife, like, you know, led a Bible study. Pastor's mm -hmm. wife was a children's pastor, you know, mm -hmm. all these things. And I was like, this is like, Jenny didn't even like to pray out loud in public, you know? And I was like, this is not a pastor's wife. Mm. And I am so glad I never married somebody that I thought would be a good pastor's wife because, you know, that, that would trump, I think in a marriage to be healthy, you have to love your spouse regardless of what you think they can do for you or right, not do for right. you. And then I have some friends, unfortunately, that marry quote-unquote pastor's wife material. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it's incredibly hard on their marriage because they never married their spouse because they thought, they were attracted and loving. They really fully loved her. They just, he just, they just loved her. They just loved their spouse for, you could help me in the church. I just needed a coworker. And I think that's just incredibly awful uh, to marry somebody just for that one reason. You got to be in love. You got to, you got to be attracted to your spouse to want to marry them and so forth. So anyway, in hindsight, through God's grace and sovereignty, like everything worked out. But for me, I never knew. Even when I married her, I didn't fully know. And and like even when we were married, I didn't fully know like how to work this out and if this is she's really the right one. It just takes a lot of work. And it really takes a lot of work for me, like for me to grow in the areas I needed to grow in so that I could be a better lover to her. And now, like more than ever, like twenty, you know, twenty three years, thirty years later, like there's nobody else I'd rather be with than her. You know, well, and stuff because we've worked so hard. So what were then back then when you were I don't know if this is how you think, but this is how I think. Like I'm yeah. a list maker. 
I'm a pros yeah. and cons list maker. Um, so were there some like non-negotiables for you? Because clearly you thought being a pastor's, like fitting that role of a pastor's voice yeah. was a non-negotiable. It clearly was not because <laughs> you thought it was, but then yeah. you quickly backed yeah. down and you were like, no. So were there some things though that, you, that Jenny kind yep. of definitely met where you were like, you know what, at least these are the core things I want and she yeah. has these. Well, uh, I wanted to marry a Korean person. Okay. And the reason why was mainly because my both my sisters didn't. And I, it really hurt my mother and father. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so that happened. And so, like, for me, you know, I'm very attracted to Korean women anyway. And, um, uh, you know, I just, that was an important part. So, anyway, that was one, uh, you know, I want to marry. And I want to marry somebody who was actually Korean speaking. Okay. Because uh, I, I wanted my kids to grow up in a home where at least one of the parents could speak Korean. Um, and that was her. I mean, she, her native tongue, you know, she came when she was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So she, mm -hmm. Korean was her preferred language. I think that was great. Um, I wanted to marry someone I was, I was, in, I was attracted to. And that's definitely, I was very attracted to her, you know, in that way. Um, and I just wanted to marry somebody who I thought would be patient, understanding. And, you know, Jenny, like you say, you always say this, she's incredibly emotionally healthy. Oh, yeah. So secure. And I didn't, so I'd never dated anyone else but her. So I didn't really know what I had until much later. When, you know, friends would share about how, you know, they've really struggled in their marriage yeah. and so forth. And I realized, wow, man, I'm lucky because I've really married somebody who is incredibly emotionally healthy and she's not jealous at all, you know, and stuff like that. And I just, I was just really thankful. And what, what I love about her is just that she's, she gives me my space to live my life. Like even now, um, you know, in the midst of everything that's going on and, um, you know, and we you know we try to make it work, but I, I, I will, I will say that when I first got married, even when I got married, I still didn't know she was the right one. Like, it wasn't like I'm 100% sure. It just takes a lot of work and you got to make it work and it could work if you want to put in, you got to put in the work though. That's the thing. So that's, that's how I, so for me, it took years for me to really realize, oh, this could really work. Cause the first like couple years this is I was not like, what we want to hear no. <laughs> exactly but th but this is just being real because no, i think I most marriages there is such a disappointment and people are like oh my god you're not this is not what i was anticipating and so i want to like you know for some people like maybe for you sua it was it was definitely a lot better and it was easier but for me it was like no it took a lot of work and man i was i was really messed up you know i was like a messed up dude and so i, mean, I had to really work on my my issues i think we can agree just from the stories about First of all, let's just take the story of you literally telling Jenny, I can't be with you because you don't fit these qualifications of what you're not pastor's wife material yeah. and then she was just kind of like all right, whatever. And then she takes you back. Like I feel like that is a very good picture of probably how she is in a relationship. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because if you take somebody who's an extremely insecure person who's not sure of their worth or who they are, who are you calling is, insecure? That is I did not say, okay, listen, you're projecting. I did not say, I said, she's not insecure. Oh, <laughs> I didn't oh, say I you, you said, are insecure. No, but I, said, Let's but take, I was, I was, I was incredibly if the insecure. Person, if Jenny in that situation were somebody who was very insecure, yeah. that is a threat. Like that is, that is just like, you can't bounce back from something like that because oh, no, you've just told her she's not, not good enough. Exactly. But she obviously was like, I'm good enough. It's just, you have no idea what you're talking about. And I think that makes such a big difference in her ability to kind of be like, fine, I'll accept you back because it was never a question of her worth or who exactly. she is. She knows exactly who she is and what she's willing to compromise and when she's not. That's why she's an amazing partner. Yeah, you she know? is. You know, uh, I just, you don't fully appreciate any of that stuff back then. Like when you look at it now, like in hindsight and you're like, wow, what an incredibly confident person. 
and uh, and just somebody who really knows what love is and and who she is because yeah, there are things I've done like she should have been like, I ain't gonna marry you, get out of my face. Did your parents? And I asked this because I was gonna say, did your parents like pray for your future spouse? And I only ask this because recently I asked John. I said, you know, we were both really young when we got engaged. Like we, I met him at seventeen. And mm-hmm. he was 19 and obviously we didn't date for a few years, but still I was 20 when I started dating him. So, yeah. um, what do you think, how do you think like we ended up in a pretty happy, stable marriage? And I was like, I, if it feels wrong to say this, like almost like sacrilegious, but sometimes I feel like it's just dumb luck. <laughs> um, part yeah. of me is just like part, I'm not saying all of it was luck, but just the fact that we, and cause I don't know if I really knew what I was doing, I think is unfortunately kind of goes in what I said about what you said, like you weren't even sure if you were in the right marriage when you were in the marriage. Um, but sometimes I wonder if it's not luck. It's like the power of the parents who've been praying for you mm. for all of those years. Cause I know for a fact, my mom, prayed for me and a future spouse because she wasn't in a very happy marriage for a majority of her marriage life. I think at this point they've come to a place where they both, um, you know, at peace with the marriage, but it was never what I think they expected it to be. They fought a lot when we were growing up. And I think, um, because of that, she knew how important it was to meet the right or not the right person, but a a person that's good for you, right? To be in a good marriage. So I want to hear your story because I think I think the audience needs to know it as well. But I will say this. I think yes, that definitely I'm sure plays a role. But here's why I think it worked really well for us, for you Mm -hmm. and for and for me and Jenny. I think really it's because that, you know, uh, not to toot my wife's horn and yours, you guys are incredibly understanding people. You guys can accommodate to people's, like to your husband's faults. Like you see beyond their faults. I think not everyone has the ability to do that. No, I think, I think you're right. And I think it comes from the fact that we have a secure sense of who we are. Exactly. Um, And I think that's what it is. It's the same thing that we were just saying about Jenny before when you told her you're not wife and her, she was like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. Like she wasn't, she didn't take that as a personal attack, even though it was kind of a personal attack. She could have very well taken that as you don't think I'm good enough. Am I not good enough? And then like unraveled from there, but she was like, I am good enough. You're not good enough. So I think, I think what's really like helped, at least in my marriage, I think what I see in yours is that, you know, somebody in the relationship, whether it's the husband or the wife, they have to have like whole understanding because you can't love somebody unless you really understand them That's true. and you know i feel like you know could you imagine if, if god didn't understand our brokenness he would kill us mm. like, he really would <laughs> he, he would take us out he would take us out he would kill us he'd be so frustrated but he loves us so much because he understands our broken i think understanding somebody is the greatest sign of love it's, it's the greatest act of love mm-hmm. and you understand john and you understand him with his flaws and all that, but you really understand the kind of person he is. And I think deep down, Jenny saw this, this insecure little boy, because you know even she says this, and it's true. Like you know, when I married her, she didn't marry a man; she married a little boy. Mm-hmm. And it took a while for the boy to grow up, but she understood, and I think she saw like, but there's potential. You know, there's potential, mm-hmm. you know, in this guy and stuff. And she was willing to to take that chance. You know. Uh, I hope my daughters never take that kind of chance, you know, on a guy like me, <laughs> uh, you know, growing up, you. because that was like, holy cow. But Jenny was just really grateful. And I'm just grateful for that because I don't, you know, I think um, her willingness to understand my level of brokenness uh, really does come from, like you said, her being really secure in who she is. Not like in a conceited fashion, but she right, just right. knew that she's very comfortable in who she is and she's I okay. Think it, 
I think that also does come a lot from your family background. Unfortunately, you have no power over whether you yeah. get that or not. Yep. I think it's extremely hard to have that kind of that sense of security if you come from a family that was not encouraging that was not unconditionally loving that was very very unstable i think yeah. it's very difficult to kind of grow absolutely that sense of security yeah. um, but with john i mean you know i don't want to make it seem as if like i'm the only person who's accommodating i mean okay to answer i don't want to there's a lot i could say about our marriage but to go back to the topic at hand which is yes how did, how did you know, know? How, how did, did you know? know so john sometimes gets upset with me because i have a very you're a romantic, right? I am not a romantic. Like I do yes. not have romantic ideals of what a marriage should <laughs> you, look like. You, you and Jenny are very similar. Yeah. I feel like I could have been okay in like the 18th century arranged marriages because I have a very, <laughs> I have a primarily practical sense of what a partnership and marriage looks like. Um, so when <laughs> I know this sounds terrible, John, this is not what John <laughs> wants to hear. John wants to hear that I am the only person for him in this world and that he was my soulmate and that God of course destined he us wants together. To hear that. You know, he does. But that is just not how I view marriage. And that is never how I viewed marriage. And you know what? I think part of that might have stemmed from the fact that my parents, once again, did not have the most loving, romantically loving yeah. marriage. Um, so in my mind, my mom always said to me, there's three things you need to look for when you look for, like when you are trying to vet a guy. These are the three things. Mm. Number one, they need to be very, very good at what they do, right? Mm. Whatever it might be, it's not about the money, but they need to be good at it. Like they need to have a good not trade, but like they need to have a good, yeah, something they're yeah. good at, a skill set yep. that they're really good at that's yep. marketable to provide for the family. Number two, they need to be invested in your children in a way th where they enjoy spending time with kids. They need mm. to actually be able mm. to enjoy spending time with kids. And number three, they need to be able to fix things around the house. These, this was her three requirements <laughs> uh, based on the fact that my dad was questionable on all three. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I same think, here. I'm questionable. On all, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a no what on do you the mean third one. You're a great one. pastor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't a pastor when we married her. But I, I can't put anything together. I am terrible at no, putting I, stuff together I and think, fixing things. I think number three is useful, but I don't think it's a non-negotiable. Okay. But this was my mom's list of non-negotiables. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, how yeah, yeah. When your parents say things to you repeatedly, it kind of gets buried in your brain yeah, yeah. as like your inside voice of judging things. You know, yeah. like I'm almost 40 and it matters to me what my mom thinks about something. It drives me Absolutely. completely insane. They have such a power <laughs> over us. But Absolutely. I remember, um, you know, my idea of marriage is you meet somebody and they're good enough. I know once again, the most mm -hmm. unromantic thing, but I don't think yeah. that person is what makes it great. It's you guys as marriage together that makes it great, right? Yes, so right. As long as they have the minimum requirements of what you're looking for in a partner and you're yes, attracted right. to them, yep. I think it can work. So this is, so sometimes I say to John, I don't, I think I could have married other people and had a really great marriage Yes. that are not you. Um, yep. It would have looked very different. You yep. know, it would have brought out different parts of me, but I think it would have been just as good. You yeah. know, I don't think it's the person. I think it's what, just like you said, what you put into it. Yeah. So when I was 23, I remember one of the things that really stopped me from, you know, committing was John is very quiet. Like he's not a talker. Um, well, clear, we're going to have to get that. We're going to have to get that quiet guy <laughs> on the podcast one day. I know, this is, he dreads it. Yeah. He, I gave him an ultimatum. I was like, yeah. it's either me, you either come on the podcast or I leave you. Yes. Yes. I didn't say that, but I could. 
um, <laughs> if you really want me to. If we reach I do, 100, I, do. 100, I don't know, what. how many subscribers do we have? I don't know, 200. We, we, we need to reach 1,000 subscribers. <laughs> and I'll there get him on the podcast. There you go, there but, you go. But, um, you know, he's very quiet. And sometimes, like, it, it used to really bother me when we were dating that I would be talking to him and he wouldn't have anything to say in response. <laughs> when we would go on like three hour road trips, it would literally be me saying all of these things to him and then him being like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. It's just me talking at him for three hours. Um, and you oh, know, man, I'm he's somebody so cool. who's into banter, right? Like I like yes, banter. Yes, I like yes. the energy of the back and forth, right? Yes. Um, and so I couldn't get that with John because he yeah. just doesn't respond, you know? And so I, I, was, I remember I was at... Um, I think I was at Walgreens in Creskill and I was with my mom and we were perusing the shampoo aisle and I said to my I was complaining to my mom like he doesn't talk like I, I talk to him and it's like talking to a freaking wall like I get no energy back like it's so boring and then my mom like just stopped dead serious and she looked at me and she said you hope I hope you know that will never change yeah, like he's gonna be that way for the rest of his that, life. You may, your mom's awesome. So uh, she, she knows like, people. So she was like, "Don't marry somebody or don't stay in a relationship if you are expecting that that's gonna yep. change. Yep. That is not gonna change." That so, might be and, the best advice. Yeah, and I think I took that get. to heart. And I remember when I was gauging uh, my relationship with John, I said, "Can I stay with this person just as he is for the rest of his life? Like for the yeah. rest of our marriage, is this good enough for me?" Yeah. Um, and that was the question that I think I answered yes to, which is why I ended up marrying him. You know what? I will report to you. And my mom was absolutely right. Yep. I still talk at him. Remember when I said a few episodes back <laughs> that I asked him at our 10 year anniversary point, like, what is our fa your favorite thing about our marriage? And he said, it's the fact that I just talk at him, even when he doesn't talk back. Yeah, it yeah. has not changed. It has right. absolutely not changed. But I, you know, I don't regret my decision, but I'm very yes. thankful that I w walked into it with the knowledge that he wasn't going to change and not the so, expectation that he was. What you just shared was really important our audience needs to get this particularly our singles community if you're hearing if you're hearing us right now um i always tell people that if you know you can marry somebody when you see them at their worst at their worst yeah and you can say okay i could live with that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. until you see that you're not ready to marry anyone yeah. if you've only seen their good side and their beautiful side that's great okay that's awesome but you have to also see the stuff that's maybe not so awesome. Mm -hmm. And you got to see them at their worst. And then you got to make the decision, okay, I can live with that. If you can do that, then I think the per that's the person you should marry. Uh, but if you can't, and you're hoping that maybe they'll change so that you can be happy, you think that's going to make you happier, then you sh you're not ready to get to, yeah, that person is not the right person for you. So I think that's really critical because I think the same thing, like I know about Jenny too, like there's certain things I know she'll never change. And I just have to accept it. And that's fine, you know. And she has to do the same for me. And that's, I think, one of the key things in making a marriage work. So, yeah. And then, you know, I think one thing you and I forgot, Sue, to mention was that for me, and I know for you, it's incredibly important that the person that you marry is a believer. Oh, yeah. Believes in yes. Jesus. Like, yes. to me, that, that would have been a non-starter. And I think, honestly, if I wasn't a Christian and I married Jenny, Jenny, who knows? I think she might have married a non-Christian. You know, push came mm -hmm. to shelf. She could have. But if I was a non-Christian and I married, there is no way I, I would still be married to her. because Not because of her. Really because of me. Because I was such a messed up person. Yeah. And it was only through God's grace. It was only through God's presence challenging me to change and get better and be more secure in who I am. All that stuff that allowed me to be, you know, a much better husband now, today, 23 years later than when I first married her. So when I first married, I wasn't a great husband. 
I feel like um, now that we've talked about, because I do feel like a lot of emphasis is always placed on, you know, that saying people always say, you know, don't think the other grass is greener, just water your own That's grass. right. If you think the grass is greener on the other side, just water your side. I think that's great advice, but I do want to mention that there is a flip side where you can't just marry somebody and say, well, I'm willing to make it work, and so this is going to be great. Because there are definitely marriages in which one person works really hard in investing and yeah. watering that garden, but and it's not a partnership doesn't. because the yeah. other person is not as invested as the other person is, right? And I have yeah. seen... And I think those are the instances in which it doesn't really work because there's no, there, it's not a partnership. Only one person is invested right. in the relationship. And I think these are the things you do have to watch out for. Like there are red flags if you really um, look carefully, even when you're dating. Um, yes, obviously we all mess up and we all make mistakes, but I think you really have to get a gauge of how much is this person committing to invest in the health of our relationship and to yeah. make it better. It, well, here's the thing. I, I actually did a marriage counseling uh, session um, very recently, and the spouse said to me, I'm just tired. I don't want to sacrifice anymore. And I just said to them, I said, um, then your marriage is over. You don't have a chance. Because the moment you say, I don't want to sacrifice anymore for my spouse, it's over. Because in order for a marriage to truly work, we have to continue to sacrifice for our spouse no matter what. And here's the thing. Here's the caveat what I said to this person. Because they're the more mature Christian than their, their spouse. I said to them, the greatest sacrifice is on you. Hmm. Because your, your, your faith in God is so much stronger than your spouse's. You have to be willing to take the greatest sacrifice because that's, that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I mean, God sacrificed everything for us and we have to be willing to do that. And I think the moment that you say, I'm done sacrificing, that's when I think the marriage is pretty much over. So if you're in a marriage and it's really difficult right now, um, I want to encourage you, keep sacrificing. But maybe if you're not sacrificing and it's really difficult right now, you got to start waking up and you got to start sacrificing and figuring out what can I do to sacrifice for my spouse so that I can love this person better. It's so important. The moment we stop doing that, then there's, there's really very little hope in a marriage. And so that sacrificing is a real critical component to it. It really is. Just to kind of wrap things up in a more light way. Yes. Did you ever, when you were young, write a list of the things you wanted in your future spouse? Because <laughs> I did. And I recently found it. I recently found this wow. list um, in the same diary that had the picture of, um, this is either before this or after, but I know I mentioned about how I drew my youth pastor with dandruff. <laughs> Um, it's the same diary that I found and I found it while moving recently and I had a list of things I want in my future husband and I read it out loud in front of my kids and my husband and my kids were dying of laughter. I mean, it was just, they were like, oh, daddy has that. Oh, daddy does not have that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to ask like, did you, I mean, maybe you didn't have an actual list because you're not a loser like me, but maybe it was some things that like you kind of had in your mind, like the idea of no. what you would think. So, you no, know, I'm never? a whole no, you know, but you know, I'm a hopeless the romantic. Spitting image right? of Alyssa Milano, no. Yeah, yeah. So for you know, I think for most men, and I'm just, I'm really generalizing here. So forgive just me. Physical, isn't it? It's it. That's it's it. As long physical. as you're attracted, as long as they're hot, right. you know, like as long as she's hot, and as long as she loves. Like for me, it was just really this. She's got to be Korean as long as she's beautiful, and she, um, and and she's a Christian. Christian was, was really the only requirement for me was Korean Christian and she had to be attracted. That's it. I had a three thing on my list. I never wrote it down, but those are the three things I was looking for. A Korean Christian person who's hot. Do you think your kids need to marry Koreans? 
No, no, okay. not at all. Yeah, if they do, that's great. You know, I mean, we're happy for that. But uh, but yeah, but uh, but they don't have to marry. They don't have to marry Koreans. But they got to marry. I would. I really want to encourage them to marry Christians, and I think all of them know that. Um, you know, I kind of share with them a bit. Like I, I imagine whatever I can as they're getting older now. Like you know, as they're thinking about dating, and you know, Christina is definitely thinking about dating. She's older now, so you know, I always just say it's really important to like learn also about parental background, mm. kind of where they grew up and stuff like that. And you know, I show I share with them why that's so important. Um, you know and stuff, but I but but and then the importance about faith and and because there are a lot of messed up Christians too though, yeah. there are a lot of messed up <laughs> Christians. But what what I want them to see, what I try to tell them is that they got to be people that really surrender themselves to God, where they're willing to do things that they don't want to do, because mm -hmm. that's discipleship, right? Picking up yeah. your cross and following yeah. Jesus. And so I just say, just take some time, and then I always tell them you got to see them at their worst, at their very worst, and say, can I live with that? For the rest of my life, I think that's and a if really it's a no, good you question. That's yeah, a really I think because so many of us expect. I think we just get into a relationship and we get married, hoping. I really do think pe people expect that they're going to change. Like you know, you hear that if you really love me, if you really love me, you will do this, or if you really yeah. love me, you will stop doing this. Yeah, um, but that's not how it works, right? That's yeah. not actually no, it's what not. Love is, but yeah, I and mean, and, and is, I think yeah. I think Jenny was so healthy enough. She, I think she said to herself, "I could still live with him." I've seen him at his worst, mm -hmm. and it's pretty bad. But I can still live with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that that sums it up for us. I think we are out of time. We were going to tackle one question, but I think I'm going to save it as a teaser for the what. So All that because this whole episode was about commitment and how yeah. do you make that decision to commit yeah. in a world that is so anti-commitment in a world yeah. that makes you want to run away from commitment because there's always that messaging of there's always something better there's always something yeah. bigger out there you don't need yep. to settle for this um and so i was we were i was gonna ask the question of um when do you know when it's when you're ready to become a parent yeah um but i think we can save that for the parenting episode i think yep. that would be yep. actually because we cannot do that in the next 10 five minutes that we have yeah so, I, all, all i would say is this the one of the one of the things i hear a lot of Mayor couples say about that, and this is what I'll say is you can't say we need to wait till we have enough money to have kids. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, there's nothing in the Bible that says that. That is actually very American, very Western of thinking that, that you have to be at a certain place financially because then I think sometimes couples think that, you know, I need to, we think that money is gonna, is gonna what make our, our, to make us better parents. No, it's not, it's love. So yeah, so yeah, I gotta, I mean, I think we should definitely talk about that because yeah, no, there's so much I can That's a little teaser. I mean, don't completely just literally take that advice right now. And if you mm -hmm. guys literally are in like $100,000 of debt, like don't be like, let's just go have kids. Um, It's a lot more nuanced <laughs> than that. So why don't you wait till our nope, next No, go have kids. It's okay. Here. No, I'm just joking. I'm be just joking. Be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, it's be fruitful and multiply because uh, clearly I, I said that to Sua. No, I didn't. I was the opposite with Sua. I was like, said, don't have don't kids right now. Don't be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, I was like, why are you being, I was like, don't don't take that so literally, Sua. So anyway, we got that. Yeah. That's actually another great episode to have and we'll do that very soon and we'll hopefully we'll bring that, that to you. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you the story of how I ended up not having a third kid. Speaking of money, because my deductible was seven thousand dollars, <laughs> and we were in John during John's fellowship when I had just quit working at Metro. We were on a single income of like forty five thousand dollars. Because you're getting paid the big bucks here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least at least no, at least I had like insurance. And then yeah. um, literally we moved to Charlotte, and we were gonna have a third kid. And they said the deductible seven thousand dollars. I was like, I can't afford to have a third kid. That's how we ended up with two. I never got the yeah. son 
that I really wanted. Sue was so funny. She goes, at least I had insurance. That's it. We, we give insurance <laughs> if you want to work here. Insurance, we'll give you, we have insurance damn good insurance. For, for heaven. That's right. That's right. That's right. For the yeah, crowns yeah. that are, you know, John said to me one time we were at Sunday service and you were preaching about um, how, you know, you're going to get like a bigger house in heaven, like you better yeah. crowns or whatever. So John turns to me and goes, hey, so can I come live in your mansion in heaven? That's right. You were working right. at Jack. And I said, no, Pastor Peter just said there's no such thing as marriage in heaven. So you go get your own house. <laughs> you guys can still be friends in heaven. Yeah, oh, we should have an episode. live together. Oh, Sua, heaven. We got to have an episode. You guys, we're doing this in real time. That's right. Let most us know. Christians, Listen. If most you, Christians have no idea about what goes on in heaven. Or hell. Um, yeah. But we don't want to know about hell. Listen, yeah. if you are listening and you want to actively engage with us, let <laughs> us know which episode you want to you want us to tackle next whether you should have kids or not and be fruitful and multiply or do you want to hear about heaven let yeah, us know shoot us an email or Absolutely. comment under our pictures i've always wanted to say that leave a comment you know when like leave the youtubers always like leave us a comment below yeah we would love it below. we love it right, well, well listen everyone thank you so much sua great job this was your you. this was your episode it was just fantastic so thank you so much <laughs> We'd love to hear your feedback. Please, please uh, respond if you can. If not, uh, have a great day, great week, and hopefully we'll tune in again next week. Take care. Thank you. Bye.